Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hello, welcome. Hello, hello. Hi, hi. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Sabbath Thursday morning. <laughs> <laughs> that threw me off for a second when you said Thursday because I was like, oh my God, is it already Thursday? But I see what you did there. You see what I did. on Thursday. Got it. <laughs> yeah, you're over there like, um, shit, have I completely lost my mind? Is it actually yeah. Thursday? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, it would not surprise me at this point. I feel like with pregnancy brain, I've done it so many times. I can't tell you how many times I've shown up for appointments and I've been like, I have a question about this. Like it says I that, you know, I'm supposed to be here at three o'clock, but then I got this message saying that I need to be here at four o'clock. So which one is it? And I'm like super feisty. And then they look at the, the text message. And they're like, that date's for next week. <laughs> oh, I came all this way for nothing. <laughs> it's happened at least three or four times throughout the pregnancy. Oh, just, wow. Oh. oh my god I love it yeah <laughs> well yeah delightful pregnancy brain <laughs> um <laughs> in a fun little announcement we have a new patron <gasps> I yeah. did see that email come through today and that was exciting so exciting a new outer darkness patron so oh yeah highest level that you can be and get all the benefits and all that uh yeah she joined us that's heather hello heather (laughs) hello heather and thank you so much like we are beyond flattered and appreciative so thank you yeah thank you so much sorry i think my voice just sounded weird because i was taking a sip of water and I, like, hurried and swallowed it because I realized that you were ending your sentence. And I was like, oh, fuck, got to start. <laughs> it really is that we're that emotional, which is true. We are very appreciative and emotional when anyone joins Patreon, but much less when they are much more. I don't know. Brain can't work. When they join <laughs> uh, Outer Darkness, it's just baffling to us. And we're so appreciative. So thank you very much, Heather. Yeah, thank and, you. And uh, we'll... Hopefully, be recording a video for you soon, unless I go into labor. So, it might be a little bit later, but fingers crossed, we have a little personal video for you coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think if there's any excuse to not have it right on time, it's that you're um, actively in labor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if you have any more announcements besides what we've just talked about. Um, no, I don't think so. All right, because today is a fun episode. Uh, we put out a question on Instagram for all of you to ask us anything you want, and we're going to respond. We like to do these kind of episodes. They're, they're fun, and um, we get to talk about ourselves. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's so fun. We get to chat about ourselves for a whole 45 minutes to an hour. Yay! (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to just start right in with the questions. Um, (laughs) This had me giggling. It says, what's an embarrassing moment you know about each other? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Because I, I know... 
of some of yours. And we talked about one that I thought of that you know about me that we talked about on Patreon a few years ago. Uh, the one where I, I, I was living in Salt Lake and I went to my, like a company party and it was open bar and I got like sloshed so drunk oh i do remember this one the spaghettios <laughs> you remember <laughs> okay because i was like fear like full-on freaking out like oh no these are gonna be memory questions and my brain does not work right now with no. yeah it was a long time ago that this happened that... Like a long time i told you about it yeah and i was dressed like a zombie i had like i had short shorts on and like zombie like makeup all over my legs and arms and face anyway and i went with some friends and my boyfriend and we came home at some ungodly hour that I would never stay out now. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, <laughs> I was being such a brat and I demanded that my boyfriend make me SpaghettiOs. <laughs> and while he did so, he, while he heated them up, I went to the bathroom to wash off all the makeup from my legs. And I made a gigantic mess. Like there was water like flooded all over the bathroom. I got out of there. I hadn't even really got all the makeup off my legs. I got into his bed and he brought me the, the spaghettios because he's a sweetheart. And then he left to go do something else like clean up the kitchen. He, he saw the mess in the bathroom and he asked me like, are you okay? And I was like, I didn't make the mess in the bathroom. <laughs> so we cleaned that up. And then I like had two bites of the spaghettios fell asleep with the spaghettios in the bed like got all over the bed like and he, oh he he came in and he like laid down in the bed and then he was like uh like there's spaghettios <laughs> and this is why katie's boyfriend is such a champ he oh is He's the nicest <laughs> he is so nice like how does he like me after that but um <laughs> Yeah, that was many, many moons ago. But um, yeah, I remember that you knew that about me. And I, I, I feel like I know a decent amount of embarrassing stories about you, but I don't know which one you. Honestly, I don't even know which one to start with. I feel like my whole life is like a running embarrassing moment. Like if it's always a joke with like friends of mine and of like, if, if, anyone were to experience it it would be you like it's not even shocking to people anymore I think <laughs> if I'm like so this just happened most of mine involve somehow poo like shitting myself I was gonna say myself gonna say um, the ones that come to mind are the poop ones <laughs> which is like a running joke with my in-laws as well like I mean that I think that's the one that comes to the top of my head right now is like the first time traveling to London Mm-hmm. to so I'd already met Gregor's like family like his, his well at least his parents in person but I'd never gone to like his home in London I never met his sister or his grandma and this was like the first time meeting everyone and like seeing his childhood home and all all of that and uh yeah that was uh, probably the most embarrassing thing in my yeah. life so yeah. I got a um 
a stomach virus. Maybe I, I maybe I've even told this on the podcast. You have, yeah, you told it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you guys already know the story. Basically, I ended up shitting my my pants and the bed um, multiple times with my <laughs> and being like, "Hi, mother and future mother-in-law, I just shit the bed for the second time and need to change the sheets." Also, she gave me a robe to wear because I was like not even able to put underwear back on. At this point, because it was just like a hot mess. Yeah. Oh, oh that one. And was yeah. Like, Gonna have to buy that for you. All the while throwing up at the same time. So it was like both ends and being like, okay, hi. Hello, <laughs> future in laws. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we have some great partners, I must say. Yeah. I mean, that was only like. Maybe a year into our relationship, maybe a year and a half. I don't, I can't remember. Time is like, yeah, I think it was only like a year and a half, maybe a year. And that's when I was like, and now I know the fact that he's willing to, to be okay with that and still love me. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, I love it so much. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. What do you think is really in the scary guarded Mormon vault? Ooh, I think something shady, obviously. I think some type of some type of documents or like proof that would completely debunk the Mormon religion. Like somehow like something shady with like Joseph Smith or some of the earlier like prophets and apostles that would show that they're like dodgy as fuck and obviously Mm -hmm. not actual prophets of the Lord, but just people trying to make money. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably mostly a lot of records of members and other things, but I think there's, yeah, documents they don't want at the public to see for sure. Yeah. Um, like, I think it's, like, documents that they don't want the public to see, but they still need to keep for some specific reason. So they mm-hmm. can't get rid of them, but they also don't want them to ever be released. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, what do you think is the number one weirdest thing about Mormonism? Oh, God, that's a hard one. I think, I think the, the thing that comes to my mind first is the endowment. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, the weirdest feeling I ever got in the Mormon church was when I went through the temple that to me was like it was just a really gross icky feeling and I felt really weirded out and just disturbed yeah and wearing the weird costumes and the handshakes and the chanting yeah um but there there's a lot of weird stuff like all of it's weird when you think like baptisms for the dead are weird yeah Um, yeah, that's yeah. another good one. I think anything that has to do with the temple is yeah. really, really weird. Um, mm-hmm. Any of the rituals are really weird. The day-to-day doctrine, I would say, I'm trying to think, like, when you explain it to people outside, outside the church, <laughs> they always thought it was weird. Yeah, I mean, the doctrine, even just, like, the scriptures are weird. But if you're talking about, like, rules, I think the word of wisdom is weird. Yeah. You try to explain that to someone who's never been Mormon and they're so confused, rightfully so. They're like, wait, I don't get it. It's like, yeah, no one does. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No one gets it. And I think also like explaining the Book of Mormon because 
people who didn't grow up in the church when you start to explain like, oh, like we believe that the Book of Mormon is just an additional book to the Bible and, and like it's, you know, part of it's it goes hand in hand with it. It's just talking about when Jesus, you know, when he was crucified <laughs> instead of going up to heaven, he was like, Hey, I'm just gonna go on over to North America or South America and like visit them for a few days before I go to heaven. And that's what, I don't know. I just, I remember explaining that to people and them like seeing their faces. Like, <laughs> They're like, wait, what? you believe Jesus came to America? What? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, yeah, it's just, what, no, don't you? It's <laughs> like, it totally makes sense. Oh my God. Um, Okay. This oh, this isn't a question, but uh, this person said, "I'm weirdly worried that you'll end the podcast because you'll get tired of talking about the church." Oh, <laughs> oh no, I don't think. No. Honestly, I have this conversation on uh, over the weekend. I was just telling Katie, so I met up with a friend who has also left the Mormon Church, and he and I left at roughly the same time. He left a bit before me, and he's the one who actually like sent me the CES letter and. Like, it took me a long time to open and read it because I knew, like, once I went down that road, like, I couldn't go back. But we were talking about that, like, how, <clears throat> like, even with the podcast, like, everyone asks, you know, like, how long are you going to do this? And, you know, initially, Katie and I were like, maybe, you know, for a year, however, like, I don't know, the material might run out. But it's never ending because now, especially more than ever, more and more things are coming out because of the Internet and because of, like, mm-hmm social media and stuff so there's always something happening that's current and fresh in the Mormon church that we can talk about plus we've barely even scratched the surface of a lot of the like scriptural and doctoral like things in the right. Mormon church as well. right yeah I I don't see us stopping this like anytime soon because no. Sarah said it's there's so much content and also <laughs> I very much love doing this like it's really fun for me so I'm yeah exactly. we're gonna keep going <laughs> it's super um, fun it's super therapeutic and we just love you guys and like the little mm-hmm. community that we have. it's amazing so yeah for sure um all right what was your weirdest young women's activity Ooh. um there's so many I feel like I can't remember specifics very well but um I mean, the thing that came to mind, I don't know if this counts, but um, Trek, like doing the Pioneer Trek. I don't know if that counts oh, yeah. activity, though, because it was like a week long. I would pretend to be pioneers and go out in the heat and everything, and you'd walk and walk for days. But as far as activity goes, um, I'm having trouble accessing those memories. <laughs> I wonder if that's because <laughs> I've, I've blocked them yeah, out. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think, like, so I can think of two off the top of my head that just, like, make me cringe. But, <clears throat> well, I can think of a few. Like, okay. general okay. ones, like, general ones that I think that they do quite often. And it's just for young women. It's something to do with, like, cooking or sewing. Like, I remember yeah. quite a few of those activities. And then, like, two specific ones would be... One that where it was like, I think we talked about this in one of the object lesson, um, act, like, le- uh, episodes we did. 
where it was like you tried on a wedding dress and it was like oh, you wrote yeah. a letter to your future husband. Which <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> gross. And I remember that and being all like giggly because you go into the bathroom and put on like your leader's wedding dresses or whatever and come out and then the, the missionaries were out and you're like giggling like <laughs> they're gonna think that like oh my god I'm gonna be their future wife even though you're like 15 and 16 and these uh, are you know 20 21 year old missionaries like it's just weird it's so, so weird there was that one, which I thought is super cringy that comes to mind. And then the second one, which I don't know if it's a young women's thing or like a Southern thing, but I remember we had like an etiquette course. And <gasps> oh, I had this too. This, really? yeah, I had this too. Mm-hmm. It's so weird, you guys. Like, I remember we had to go to like three or four different members' homes and it was always like the wealthier members in the church and they were very like posh and they had like their table display and like we had to go over and have like etiquette lessons and like pass like you had to pass the test before you could leave and then go on to the next house yeah yeah I, I remember in those lessons um teaching you different things like your posture and um how to set the table properly yeah. with all the different <laughs> silverwares. Yeah, I I'd forgotten about that, but I did that too. Yeah, and, you know, so how that funny is. that like I'm I I know we have uh, male listeners that grew up in the church. I'm curious if any of you did any of that because I can almost guarantee the the boys are not taught how to set a table. No, or how to <laughs> eat properly, or how to yeah court like how to be courted that was also part of the oh, lesson. yeah allow a man or a boy to like court you and like how you should be dressed and how you should care about your your grooming and appearance and mm-hmm. how to sit with your legs crossed in a certain way and where your hands were folded in your lap and like all this old school like victorian bullshit like <laughs> oh wow the memories the memories yep. oh um okay how do you feel about pineapple on pizza <laughs> <laughs> what a funny question I don't honestly I don't have an opinion I don't think I don't I don't even know if I've ever no I have tried it before I like it okay now would I order it no but if it's there and someone offers me a piece I'd eat it okay but I'd never order it you you might be the most neutral person I've met about that because a, a lot of times people are like, I hate it, or yeah, I'm into it. And you're kind yeah, of like, I think yeah. it is like that normally, huh? <laughs> yeah, um, I like it, obviously. I like almost everything uh, food-wise. <laughs> I like it with, um, if you put it on a pizza with jalapenos and red onions and, like, barbecue sauce, I think oh. that's a good way to eat it. Well, Interesting. Yep. I'm a fan. Um I'm a bit so sorry on the topic of pizza. I'm pretty basic. The only thing I do, I like, I really don't like, and which is surprising for me because I like all these vegetables on their own, but I don't like pizza that has a lot of, like, pepper and onions and veggies on them. Oh, really? So, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, because you like those on other things. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I like it all, friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my favorite would be. I just like it all. Um, okay. What was the hardest part of Mormonism to deconstruct? Whew. 
I think this is is interesting because there's so many things that you could say, like, because I think we're still deconstructing a lot of things about, like, worthiness Mm -hmm. and um, maybe even for me, like, internalized misogyny, like, how I think and speak to myself I've been working on. And even things that took us a long time, like um, deconstructing the the fear of demons or the devil, like that kind of thing. A hundred percent. I agree with all of those things. And also, again, like I had this conversation with the friend of mine over the weekend and we ended up talking for like hours at the, the restaurant. And one of the things we were talking about is, is basically this question and what are some of the things that still cause us a bit of not struggle, but like you still, it's an ongoing thing that I think we'll have for the rest of our lives. And one being like this idea that you're cursed if something goes wrong in your Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Um, Also feeling a lot of guilt for how we treated people as Mormons. Oh, totally. Yeah. Or who weren't members instead of just like really, getting to know that person or caring for them on a genuine level. It was always with an agenda or with a mission of like, I need to convert them or I need to act like reactivate them into the church and all this stuff. So like a lot of guilt and for him in particular, like, cause he served a mission. So mm-hmm. a lot of that guilt about converting members into this church. So I think, yeah, that for me is something that I'm constantly like, shit, I feel really bad about that. And like, Oh, for sure. And also being quite complacent and, and not standing up or saying more or leaving earlier with issues such as like sexism, racism, and the obvious homophobia in the church. Like when I, I knew for a long time that those things weren't okay and it bothered me, but I didn't leave or I didn't say anything sooner. You know, that's some kind of, well, definitely not kind of, it still bothers me. And especially when I had close friends who were negatively affected by those things. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. It. You look back with so much regret about, oh, I should have acted sooner. I should yeah. have done better. Yeah. I agree with you. Um. Okay. What is your Hogwarts house? <laughs> oh, you-, you know, it's my, my niece. Like, one of my nieces is obsessed with Harry Potter. And she was over in London um, a few months ago. So she did all the, like, Harry Potter things here in London. And she was like, Aunt Sarah, how do you not know what Hogwarts house you're in? I was like, I never took the test. Like, (laughs) when I was reading Harry Potter, which I did love as a kid, and, like, I still enjoy it, but I haven't read or watched any of the movies in years. Like they didn't have those cool little quizzes back then to take. Oh no, so. that's more of a recent thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. Cause the internet wasn't even that big when, when, um, Harry Potter first came no. out. That's how old we are. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was still dial-up and, uh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> no. I, um, I've taken a test. I, I'll be honest. I don't know if it's like the official test um it probably wasn't I don't know and I did it a while ago but it came back that I'm a Hufflepuff so oh I could see that (laughs) yeah oh how funny I know I'm curious what you would be I would I don't know I would guess maybe Ravenclaw I don't know I have have honestly I have no idea 
Well, not a clue. I'll have to take it now. Now I, I feel like yeah. there's more motivation for me to take it. That's your homework. <laughs> um, who was your first celebrity crush? Woo! I think so. The first one that comes to my mind is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, I, we all had a crush on, <laughs> on that little boy. I'm pretty sure that was my first one. I remember, like, getting the magazine. I can't even remember what magazine I got at the age of, like, 12, 13. But whatever it was, maybe it was Teen Magazine. Is that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, like, seeing his, like, picture. Like, so he had a little section of he answered questions. And it was, like, his picture was in the magazine. And then you could write him, like, a fan letter. And I'm pretty sure I wrote him a letter. <laughs> and then I... Put out the photo and put it on my wall. <laughs> oh, JTT. Oh, put a heart throb with that bowl cut. <laughs> no, I bet all the young listeners are like, who the fuck is Jonathan? Yeah, they're like, who is that? Um, <laughs> so, funny enough, mine that I remember, my very first crush. So I was really little. Um, I don't even know this actor's name, but have you seen the movie The Sandlot? Yes. Uh, Benny. And oh, that so, like, the main character who's like the, the, the one that's right? good. He's the he's the one that's really good at baseball and yeah. he like takes the other kid under his wing and brings him into the group. Yeah. Oh. He was my he was my first my first crush. <laughs> oh my god. Sandlot, that's another classic movie that I have not seen in such a long time. So it's so good. I love it. Um, all right. Next question is a doozy. How do you deal with anxiety? Um, if I knew, I would be. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. No, I uh, I agree with you. It's Go like first. it's very hard for me to deal with it sometimes. Um, but I've tried some like breathing techniques that have helped and affirmations. <clears throat> And I've even tried a few things that were recommended by you listeners, like a listener recommended you, if you're feeling really anxious, get in the shower, turn it as as cold as it'll go, as cold as you can stand it, and then immediately turn it to as hot as you can stand it and go back and forth. And it does like kind of help you get out of that headspace. Um, mm-hmm. There's, yeah, I don't know. There's lots of little tricks that you can try, but honestly, a lot of time it's just like, writing it out and telling yourself that you'll be okay. So. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think it's important to note that each person is completely different with how, mm-hmm. first of all, how their anxiety manifests and how severe it is and then how to deal with it. I know for me personally, like, it's it's sometimes quite manageable just with, like breathing techniques, like you mentioned, Katie, or just taking a second to be by myself, have some alone space and just kind of like, you know, basically have these words of affirmation, like it's going to pass, like, this isn't the end of all things, like you can, this is something that's manageable, let's like take it piece by piece, digest it, like see how we can make this a solution instead of feeling overwhelmed. But then there's also other times where, that's simply not enough. Um, yeah, yeah. So for me personally, I've been on medication. Um, I'm not now because of the pregnancy, but definitely like anxiety medication to help stabilize my anxiety. Otherwise, it was like 
full-on panic attacks and quite often, which is really, oh. really bad. Um, scary, yeah. So, yeah, I think it just depends on where you are and, like, what works for you. Another one, if if you have this in your life, if you have someone who you can talk to about anxiety and who is supportive and who can help you cope with it, that's been really helpful for me, whether if it's, like, Katie and I chatting or if it's, you know, I have a full-blown panic attack. My husband's really good about knowing how to help me breathe and, like, calm me down and just kind of, like, knows exactly what he needs to do in order to get me to just focus on breathing and to relax and then to talk it through and mm-hmm. to realize it's not as, as as intense as my brain is telling me it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all great recommendations. And one thing I will say is that I agree with Sarah, like there's like medication is great. And if you have access to it, I'm still trying to find one that works for me and that I have access to like healthcare in the States is interesting, but um, yeah. something that has helped me if you live in a state uh, with, if you're in the States or in Canada, it's legal, but um, if you can have access to like edibles, uh, marijuana mm-hmm. edibles, because I cut mine down and do like a micro dose of those and those do help. But so where I live in Arizona, it, it's legal recreationally, but I know other States, um, you can get it like medically if you get a medical, you know, doctor's note about it. So anyway, if you want to try that, that's an option for some people. But it, again, it's yeah. not right for everybody. So, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a really good one to point out. And I, I think it's just a good little reminder again, like, you know, everyone is is different with their in terms of anxiety and depression. So just you know, don't beat yourself over it and like figure out what works best for you because what we're saying might not do anything for you at all, but there might be other methods or approaches that are much better for you and your anxiety. Yeah. And we both understand how awful it is to uh, deal with anxiety. So sending our love to you. Yes. Um, It's completely debilitating at times. So yeah. Again, like take it, take it easy. Don't beat yourself up over it and don't feel like, you know, it's hard not to get in your head and and to let those negative thoughts override everything else. But at the end of the day, it's, it's so important just to, to, like, I don't know, for me, it's, it's important to realize that they're thoughts and they're not real. Like these are not real. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's a hard place to get to when you're in the middle of it. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Next question. When one doesn't believe in God, what does the phrase, oh, my God, then mean to them? Ooh, that, that's a good one. I did see this one because I say, oh, my God, a lot. Or I say mm-hmm. Jesus Christ a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah, in the, I'm in yeah. like fucking hell. Or like, <laughs> Oh, my yeah. fucking God, or whatever. <laughs> I say it quite often. And I don't know, because it isn't significant in the sense that I don't believe in a God, but I still use it. And I think part of the reason why I use it is because I was told for so many years I couldn't. Right. So now right. I just want to like right. just find it. <laughs> yeah. Almost, you know, to be mm-hmm. like, I know I don't believe in that. So like, for me, it's not it doesn't have any weight or value. It's just something I want to say. Right. To me, it's just a phrase. It's something I say maybe instead of wow or what or whatever. It's just a, a phrase of words that 
and like Sarah said, in growing up Mormon, you're not allowed to say that phrase. So it's like liberating to say it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about never mows like me listening every week? Oh, we love it. Oh, I love it. I think it's so flattering and cool. Like you, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know how to even put it in words, but I think it's really cool that it's interesting. I mean, the Mormon church is, it's a weird, weird thing. So I think it's quite easy to get drawn into it because it's like, whoa, I can't believe people actually believed in this. <laughs> totally get it. Um, both of us have partners who are like, how did you believe in that? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. How? Um, but I think it's so cool. We have so many listeners who are like, never mow here. Like, love it. You know, listen for from the beginning because yeah I think if you don't have that connection with it sometimes it can be a bit like you know repetitive we talk about a lot of the same things that overlap with each episode so if it doesn't like resonate with you personally I could see being like okay now I'm done I'm bored so I think Mm -hmm. it's really cool I know I agree with you the word that came to mind was flattering because I don't think we expected anyone who was a never Mormon to ever listen to the podcast. Yeah. I think in my head, I thought like, oh, this won't be interesting to them. Or maybe they, we won't explain it well enough for them to follow. And so it's, it's very nice that you listen. We really appreciate it. And that's yeah. cool. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, which TV show would you want to be in? Hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Oh my god, that's hard. I know my answer because okay, I'm obs- I'm obsessed with <laughs> the Great British Baking Show. The Great British ah! Baking Show. <laughs> <laughs> so wholesome and cute. And I don't know, I don't think I'd want to bake on it, but I would want to be like the host of it or something because it's just so sweet and they're all so nice to each other and British people are the best. <laughs> They're so fucking cute and adorable. And then you move here and there's certain things where I'm like, oh, my God, I take it back. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. All our British listeners. (laughs) I still love you guys. You're adorable. Um, No, that's a good one. I do love that show. Also, like I've just now obviously since living here. I'm like watching the local TV shows and I just think it's so funny. Like it cracks me up, like even from adverts slash commercials, you know, comparing them to like American ones and like TV shows that they have. It's just so quintessential, like British, like everything just makes me <laughs> giggle. Cause I'm like, you guys are so fancy and posh and like, <laughs> You have a full show about gardening, and I can just listen to it because it's so soothing. Oh, my God. That's so cute. I love it. <laughs> love it. Um, So, for me, I guess if I broke it down into two okay. okay. So, if it's, like, reality TV, then I would say, of course, one of, like, the trash TV shows I watch. So, either Real Housewives or... Something on MTV because those are like golden. I was gonna, golden. I was gonna guess Real Housewives for you. <laughs> Definitely anything with reality TV. I'm like Real Housewives or like MTV, like Teen Mom or something. If it's not reality, <laughs> this is so cringy. But this is a show that I have probably watched about I don't know how many times each episode over ago, and it so it's a tie between The Office and One Tree Hill. 
Oh, all right. I've watched both of those. I watched One Tree Hill many years ago, but, you know, The oh. Office is a great answer because that's also one of my yeah. very favorite shows of all time. Like, yeah. To be, like, a character on The Office or a guest character on One Tree Hill because I feel like, yeah, my teenage heart has never let go of One Tree Hill. It's yeah. Like, I can see that. (laughs) So cute. Um, Okay. Who is your least favorite prophet? I think that's quite, uh, oh, prophet, not apostle. Okay. I know. I was, my head was like spinning. I was like, how do I pick? But now I'm like, oh, prophet. And so then I'm like, yeah, he's going to be like Dallin H. Oaks, but he's not a prophet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, not, Not yet anyway. But, um, I, it's like, do you go all the way back to, to J-Dog? Because you're like, he's the one who started it all. But I know, I, I feel like either J-Dog, because he started it all, or Brigham Young, because he was just like an atrocious, horrible human being. Yeah. Or do you do it like more recent, where it's like, you know, we talked about some of the episodes with Gordon B. Hinckley, who was a prophet when we were growing up and finding out how many times he lied. And it's like this sweet little old man that like mm-hmm. also was not a good person. I don't know. It's hard to Well, pick. and then there's even, like, Spencer W. Kimball, who wrote The Miracle yeah. of Forgiveness, which ruined people's exactly. lives. So it's it's hard to pick, but my final answer is going to be J-Dog, because I think without him, that wouldn't exist. So I'll just go with that. Good answer. <laughs> I support that answer. It's J-Dog. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. It's J-Dog. <laughs> okay. Um... What is your go-to activity or food when you are high or drunk? Uh, <laughs> and I will clarify, listeners, I don't eat SpaghettiOs anymore. I have grown up. <laughs> <laughs> when you were even talking about it, I was trying to remember the last time I ate SpaghettiOs and what they even tasted like. I was like, I don't oh. know what it tastes like. No, it's just not good. Just no. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think my go-to is... Um, Something like cheesy uh, or if I have like pasta in the house, I'll make that and make up a little a little pasta sauce. But, you know, I nowadays if I get a little bit high or I get tipsy, I'm not I'm not out in public. I'm going to be at home. (laughs) So I'm not like, oh, I'm going to go out to a certain restaurant. I just I don't know. I'm not very exciting. (laughs) That is a fair point. I think. God, because it's been so long for me since I've been pregnant for like 20,000 years now. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it depends. Like, it depends on who I'm with. If I'm with friends and I'm high, then it's always like Katie's like classy and like cooks her really gourmet meals at home. I'm like, if I'm really high or drunk with friends, I end up ordering like KFC or some type of fried <laughs> chicken. Always fried chicken is my go-to. Or, like, even below that, McDonald's. Like, anything like that. Like, fast food, greasy, gotta have it. And then watching, trying to watch TV shows and not being able to comprehend anything because you're just too high. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's like, I'll try to put on something funny because then it's like, oh, you can just giggle. Or you put on, like, um nature shows and you watch animals and you're just like whoa (laughs) the planet's so crazy (laughs) and I will say I'm not gourmet if I'm like kind of high I mean I'll like cook up some noodles with like the most basic sauce or if I do order something I might order like 
Chinese takeout or get like a burrito, like a big burrito that has a bunch of cheese in it. And like, I'll do that occasionally, but, but yeah, I'm not. So good. Like, honestly, or if I'm like with Greg, then it's like, yeah, I still will eat. Like, I'll be like, Oh my God, let's get like Chinese or get like something naughty. And then usually if I'm like super, super drunk, what always happens is I'm like, Oh my God, let's just like go have sex. And then I just like pass out on the floor instantly. (laughs) So. It's like I'm, like, eating, and then I'm, like, oh, let's go. And then it's, like, I'm halfway, you know, undressed with, like, one tit out, maybe. And I'm, like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> it's done. so funny. <laughs> oh, it's painting such a picture. I love it. <laughs> and, and I'm saying that, and I have all these memories in my head of that actually happening. And then the next day, just, like, giggling and being, like, that definitely happened. <laughs> like, <poor Greg. laughs> one One tit made it out, and then I was asleep. <laughs> Oh. Okay. What is something that you disagree on so that we disagree with each other? Ugh. Um yeah. I know something. Oh, I know one. Maybe well, it's the same one about the top sheet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am team top sheet and Sarah's team not top sheet. And that is the source of contention in our friendship. No, just kidding. <laughs> Is it's almost the deal breaker. We almost broke up over it and did the podcast. I know it's just like, oh, I can't believe it. I guess I don't know. Maybe something else is that I I really love seafood, and that's like one food that you yeah. really you don't like seafood at all. I don't like seafood at all. Like just the smell makes me sick. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's those two. So the top sheet, like I'm just a duvet type girl. Like no top sheet, just a duvet. And Katie likes the top sheet plus a comforter. Yeah, but I mean, in the summer, so like right now, I mean, it's even, it's not summer, it's basically October, but um, right now and through the summer, because it's still hot as shit here, we have a top sheet and then we have this, it's uh, it's like a summertime blanket, so it's not as thick as a comforter, but we bring the comforter out in the winter. Oh. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I like it because it like regulates my temperature, but um I don't know. I guess I can see I can see the argument of not having the top sheet. <laughs> I don't know. I mean I used to be all about the top sheet until I moved to Berlin and then it's like the Europeans don't do it and I was like, Oh, okay. And then I got into it and now I'm like, Oh yeah. Why oh. use the top sheet? Just have a duvet <laughs> and a duvet cover and it's nice and snugly. Yeah, but then you have to push the the duvet into the duvet cover every time you wash it. Yeah, that is true. It's annoying. <laughs> okay. I just met Greg and he does it because I'm like, oh. I can't do it. It's too hard. Thanks. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Are the cats that Sarah keeps talking about her cats or is she cat sitting? Uh, um, so it depends on well. It depends on which episode you're listening to. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So if you're listening to someone's a few months ago, I was cat sitting. So Greg and I were living in an apartment in Berlin for six months with. um, So we were like subletting a place from our friend Karen. Hi, Karen. She listens to the the podcast Um, and she has two really cute cats, Tiger and Rudy. And so we were cat sitting um, those two little guys. And then when we moved to the UK, my in-laws have two cats here. So they are Doris and Dottie, which is mm-hmm. so British and cute. And they are very uh, cute. I've met them. <laughs> yeah, 
Katie met them and one of them's like super affectionate. And then the other one is like my literal emotional support animal because she just snuggles me at the most random times when I need it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, <Yeah. laughs> um, so long story short, neither, none of them are mine, but yeah, I yeah. kind of adopted these two cats here. They're like my babies now. She, she loves them. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is your go-to feel-good movie? Um, feel-good movie. Okay, so I love a good rom-com, but only from a certain... I feel like in the 90s and early 2000s were the best rom-coms. So it was like 80s were platinum, and then you had like the late 2000s. Oh, some, some mid... Sorry, early 2000s. And 90s had the best ones. And in that time frame, my favorite is Never Been Kissed. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, that's it, a good one. Uh, so good. Yeah. What about I, th- you? I think my go-to uh, is probably 10 Things I Hate About You. Also which, epic. Yeah, that was like a very early, was it late? It was probably like 1998 or something. That yeah. Was mm-hmm. Yeah. So probably that, but I mean, there's also, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of have a lot of those same kind of things, like Clueless was in the 90s. Yes. Mean Girls was like 2004. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. They just don't make them like that anymore. And I know I sound like an old fart, especially (laughs) to our young listeners, but like, honestly, I love a good rom-com and I feel like there hasn't been a good one the last 10 years. I mean, someone correct me, but like, honestly, anytime it comes out, like a new one comes out, I'm like, (gasps) oh. Maybe this is going to be the next one that I just watch over and over again. And I'm always like, eh, okay. <laughs> Send in your rom-com suggestions for Sarah. <laughs> yes, please do. Um, okay. How far into a temple can anyone go? Into the lobby? Not even the first doors? Can you go into the garment store? <laughs> um, um, you can go to the lobby. Yeah, you can go in the lobby and they have like benches. You can sit and wait. But as far as I know, that's the only place you can go. Yeah, you can go and sit and wait in the lobby. You can go in the the temple store. Um, But I don't think you can go into, there's two, there's a few separate, like there's a temple store that has like scriptures and that kind of part that you can go to. And then there's like the temple store that sells garments and like temple clothes and stuff. And you I don't think you can go in that unless you have a, Temple recommend. A recommend. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, do you ever wonder which one of my siblings or friends will leave the church next? Yes. And I think because of the invention of social media, it's so much easier now to know. Yeah. Like, who, uh-huh. <laughs> who has left, who hasn't. Also, we get a lot of messages on people like friends of mine who have discovered the podcast or Katie's friends or mutual friends who have discovered the podcast through like friend, their friends who have recommended the podcast. And then somehow it comes back to us. Like, Oh my God, like I left the church and you're like, what? This is maddening. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Or like recently we found out in the last episode with not the last episode, but one of our previous episodes with Brayden that he found out one of his friends left the church because they listened to the podcast and heard his story. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Like 
They yeah. listened. They recognized his voice and his name. And then they messaged him and was like, hey, I left the church, too. Do you want to meet up? <laughs> so cool. That's so crazy and cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder that a lot. And yeah, like Sarah said, you can kind of get hints from people on social media when they start to question and maybe when they leave and you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or when you get messages where it's just like, hey, um, recently someone was like, hey, I, I was meeting up with mutual friends or whatever and found out like you have a quote unquote anti-Mormon podcast. And oh, like, yeah. I love church and it was a bit like what I hadn't I would never in a million years expect this person to have left so it was really fun and cool um, yeah yeah it's always exciting news to hear that someone's left yeah definitely um what is the most recent book you've read Um, that's bad 80s in the book club and you are like a it's not is it called a book club uh uh-huh yeah you're in a book club (laughs) <laughs> I just I yeah I, I don't know it helps that is something to kind of to the other question that helps with my anxiety if I can focus on reading if my anxiety isn't like a full-blown panic attack reading does help help me get out of my head um the last book I read that I finished was called All Good People Here by Ashley Flowers I don't know if you listen to Crime Junkie no Anyway, she's the host of Crime Junkie podcast, and she wrote a book, and it was it's like a mystery thriller, and it was really good. It was, yeah, it was fun. It was a good one. Oh, cool. Um, I'm not as good. I used to love, I mean, I still do. I love reading, but I haven't been able to focus on really, like, reading for pleasure like I used to. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, the last three books I read were about being pregnant or what to expect after pregnancy slash oh yeah to like prepare for like possible postpartum depression or like just self-care for women and because often it's like there's lots of self-help books about how to prepare like during pregnancy and like for when the baby is born but not a lot of books about how to take care of the mom after oh yeah yeah so one of my friends like gave me one of those books that's like you know step by step of what to expect for a, from a mom's point of view after delivery and everything and like how to prepare. So mine aren't as exciting, but those are the ones I've been reading. Oh, I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah, that fits. Um, <laughs> what happens to the wedding dresses at the temple? Is there a closet full of them during sealings? <laughs> oh, interesting. So, yeah, I guess this, this is something interesting to explain, especially to never Mormons. So Mormon women will have their their wedding dress, but almost all of the time they're not allowed to wear that wedding dress inside the temple for their actual wedding ceremony. They're sealing, excuse me, um, <laughs> because it has to be very simple and like super duper modest and like it can't have a lot of embellishments or extra fabric or whatever so a lot of times don't they just wear like a kind of generic white dress when they are getting married and then they change into their act their quote-unquote real wedding dress and like walk out of the temple yeah exactly exactly that but do they buy that that generic wedding dress or is that something that like they loan they they have on loan um 
I think you can do both. So correct me if I'm wrong, listeners who've also gone through the temple, but from what I saw and recognize is that your temple wedding dress can also be the same as like your just go-to temple dress that like you would buy if you wanted okay. to have, yeah. like if you do endowment sessions or whatever, it's like the dress that it's you like wear that. every time. Yeah. I yeah. See. So you can either like buy those dresses and like the kit that goes with it, or you can borrow them. So like I always borrowed. Yeah. Um, okay. I think they're the same that you can wear for like your temple ceiling. Cause I've only been to one or two temple ceilings, like weddings. Um, and it looked like the dress looked like what you would just wear in a normal endowment session. Yeah. Yeah. That is something interesting to, to bring up because I think people who haven't been Mormon don't understand that almost all the time the women don't wear that their actual like dress you see in the photos and the men are wearing like the baker's hat <laughs> <laughs> during the ceiling ceremony. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's not weird at all. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm struggling to figure out who I am versus what I was conditioned to be. How did you navigate those thoughts and feelings when you first left the church? So, yeah, we and Sarah were kind of talking about this before we hit record about, like, how do you even know, like, who you are or what you want? Because mm-hmm. your whole life you've been told that you have to do this certain, live this certain way and have this certain life. Yeah, it's a hard one. And like Katie said, we were just chatting about this before we started recording because I was chatting about it with my friend as well. Like, especially with big life milestones that you might have is like, I think for me, when I left the church, a big one that I struggled with was really figuring out, okay, what do I want in life that's for me? Like that I, I don't have an outside influence as in, do I want to get married? Do I not want to get married? Am I am I saying I don't want to get married because I'm just rebelling against the fact that I've been told my whole life that that's my main mission? Or do I not want to get married because it's my choice to make? Or do I actually do want to get married? But I feel this like guilt of, oh, I'm connected to the Mormon church if I decide that that's something I want to do. And it was the same with kids. Like it took me a long time to really decide like, what it is that I want for my life versus just doing what I think I'm supposed to do because of the Mormon church or doing the opposite, just be out of spite. And that's still not really what I want. Mm -hmm. So it's a hard one. It's really hard to figure out without having that bias there. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm the exact same way. Cause yeah. uh, And it's hard to know, but I think you have to just do a lot of, introspection and really think about what you personally want not what is expected of you and not to do something opposite just because you want to rebel think about what you actually want for your life and it's not easy like it's not easy and it's not straightforward I wish we had a better answer for you but (laughs) yeah yeah I think it's a lot of trial and error and also like Katie said just you know investigating soul searching as cheesy as that sounds but like really just spending some time to figure out what it is that you really want and not let any type of influence persuade you otherwise mm-hmm. yeah um okay has having this podcast created drama in your personal life like family being upset 
Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, luckily for me personally, if um, if my family knows about it, they just haven't said anything. So mm. for me, it's been fun. We do know that some of our friends, Sarah and I's mutual friends, uh, know about it and talk about it, but not to us, to other <laughs> to other friends. So that's yeah. a little bit of drama. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's drama. Yeah. But definitely. I think it's the same. I'm I'm pretty sure. Well, I know I know people in my family know about the podcast. I have a few nieces who and I think a sister-in-law, maybe more, who listen, but they are very supportive and like amazing. But I think if they know, then other people in my family know who would not approve. Um and that's caused a bit of drama in the sense of they know but we're just not talking about it, but it's added some tension and conflict and yeah. And then also just friends who, um, yeah, who know about the podcast and have not been happy about it. Or, um, I know that they know because they, I can even see that they like follow the accounts or whatever. So I can see that they watch the story, but we just don't talk about it. And it's that awkwardness of where, yeah, yeah, he, we both know, but yeah. we don't address it. Mm-hmm. Um, How very or, Mormon of us. <laughs> yeah, very Mormon. Or I have friends who were never Mo's, but are still very Christian, who wanted to be supportive of the podcast and listen. But because Katie and I have certain beliefs that go against anyone who's also not against, but who differ from uh like mainstream christianity that also caused a bit of contention with some of my friends oh yeah i remember when that happened yeah and also politics stuff like that yeah i think i said something about noah's ark once and it kind of caused one of your friends to get upset but i mean about it but come on noah's ark okay (laughs) and like creationalism and stuff like that like that was um quite a big one for some of my friends yeah so yeah definitely I think it has caused drama but most of the time it's just been like drama that hasn't really been addressed or we just kind of push it to the side which is not healthy but you know yeah in my head I'm like if they're mad about it they can be mad about it it's not my problem if they're mad exactly Um, and if they want to talk to me about it then okay let's talk about it but no one's brought it up so I just don't I'm like just keep to my own. Um, Sorry. This is interesting. If you could go back to J-Dog's timeline and do one thing to alter it, what would it be? <laughs> oh. I'd want to, like, I'd want to go back with um, equipment that you, you know, current equipment like cameras and capture a lot of his shenanigans. Or I'd want to warn off, like, the young girls that he was going to be a predator to. Yeah, I think that I think or just try to like steer him in another direction other than creating an organized religion. Like, oh, yeah. You know, because he was such a con artist and like a con man, like somehow steer him in a direction where he could still be a manipulative like snake, but it wouldn't affect so many people. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's that's the best answer, because then it would prevent all of the rest of the people from suffering from Mormonism. Yeah. Cause that would, that would, Oh man, if we could have prevented 
Mormonism from happening, we could have prevented like Warren Jeffs and everything. Exactly. Dang. Yep. Um, <laughs> this, <laughs> this one. <laughs> How does drinking the blood of children taste, you devil worshippers? <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was from my boyfriend, you guys. <laughs> oh, I, this is why I love Scott. It tastes delicious, it's by the way. Delightful. <laughs> So sweet. It's like red Kool-Aid and cherry. Yum. Um, how does one date as an ex-Mormon? <sighs> that was... Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know I like is, is the answer. <laughs> listen to our early episodes and do everything I did not do. Like, do... <laughs> The opposite of what I did in the first episodes, and then you'll know. I mean, in all fairness, it led you, you made your way to Greg. It's true, it is true. You had to go through a bunch of stinkers first. True. I think it's it's, it's tough. Like, Katie and I both went through that. When you leave the church and you start dating non-Mormons, it's it's hard because there's always that element of, of, not confusion, but where you can't really relate or it takes a while because you mm-hmm. have to knock down some walls in order to talk about what you went through and experienced. And if they're not the right person, then, you know, you can get hurt quite easily because you're letting down those guards of something that like was really traumatic or difficult for you. And it's with the wrong person who just doesn't give a fuck at the end of the day. So yeah, it's a hard line to or hard balance to make with like if you just want to have fun and date, then I think that's possible because you don't have to really get into the the whole being ex-Mormon and what you've gone through. But if you want like a long term relationship or a commitment or whatever, it's it's a lot of vulnerability. And oh, um, right yeah. And we've addressed this many times on the show, but um, leaving Mormonism and then dating, especially if like you haven't been married yet so maybe so you haven't had sex yet if you were obeying the law of chastity it can be really tough like sarah went through that like i went through that like Mm. you leave the church and you and then you have sex it's like it's very hard to differentiate sex and love because we were conditioned to think that they were the the same thing and like to um convince ourselves that we're still worthy even if we we have sex so there's, there's so much like mental shit you have yeah. to work through and uh yeah I mean best of luck to yeah it's all I can say but you'll figure it out it's just I think it just takes time best of luck but yeah you'll figure it out it's uh it's a hard one yeah 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 um um I think this is our last one what is your favorite coffee favorite way to drink coffee and what is your favorite alcoholic drink I know it's been 20,000 years since you've had either of those <laughs> <laughs> but from what you remember from the before times <laughs> Oof. um coffee I mean it depends on the season so if it's hot I just like iced coffee mm-hmm. um I'm simple just coffee with some milk and ice if it's cold weather then I'm basically the same just want <laughs> filter coffee or um a french press cup of coffee or I can't remember the name of it, but for many years I used the one that's like the Italian one. Um, oh, uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't think of the name. Pregnancy brain. But I never really did drip coffee as much because I think it. Greg doesn't drink coffee. He's very British. He drinks tea in the morning. 
So I only have like one cup of coffee. So it doesn't make sense to make like a big pot of coffee if it's just me. But, oh, yeah. 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 So I just have it with milk. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm similar, like, cause it does depend on the season. Um, in the summer we make cold brew coffee and keep it in the fridge and have it over ice with, um, I have to do like almond milk or cashew milk because I have a sensitive tongue to <laughs> cow's milk. <laughs> um, but yeah, then like around this time when it, please celestial Jesus starts to cool off, <laughs> Can I just bitch about that one more time? It's 105 today, and it's almost October. Oh, God. Anyway, when it does start to cool off, we'll have warm coffee um, with, I'm, you know, I got to be the basic bitch with my pumpkin spice creamer. uh, And, you know, Mm -hmm. change it up. I do like to put a little, like, peppermint schnapps in if it's, like, the weekend and it's near Christmas time. I might do that. Um, But recently, uh, oh, something else too is um, like you said, sometimes we don't want to make a whole pot of coffee. So I found these instant coffee packs and I know it sounds weird, but they are, I get them from the Vietnamese section of the international market here. And they're these Vietnamese coffees that are already flavored, but they're instant coffee. And I know it sounds gross, but it's actually really good. You just add hot water to it <laughs> so uh-huh. I'll do occasionally. But um, lately for because of my intense anxiety and panic attacks, I've been avoiding caffeine more and more. Um, so listeners, if any of you know of a good decaf coffee, because I still like the experience of drinking coffee and like the flavor, but I've been trying to limit my caffeine and I haven't, I don't know of any like really good decaf ones, but if any of you have a suggestion, please email us because I want, I want to get it. <laughs> Oh, that's a good point. Actually, I could have been drinking that during my pregnancy, but I just didn't. I tried, I had a decaf cup the other day and I was like, eh, I yeah. didn't even finish it. I just yeah. thought like, what's the point? It's the same with alcohol. Like there's quite a lot of alcohol-free gin here in the UK. And I'm just like, I just don't see the point. It just doesn't take, I'd really just have a Dr. Pepper then. Like I yeah. just, if it doesn't have alcohol, I'm not feeling it. It doesn't taste as nice. Um, yeah, yeah. But then, like, for your favorite alcoholic drink, what would you say? Um, uh, I really like, I don't, I, I'm kind of basic, too, like, just, like, a vodka cranberry or a vodka soda with lime. Um, I really like Moscow Mules. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and, and. And I do enjoy wine. I usually go for a a dry, chilled white wine. But uh, wow, yeah. we're so opposite. I didn't realize in all of our alcohol choices. <laughs> what are yours? I think I wait. I think I <laughs> can. I guess. Yes. Okay. For for wine, you like red wine, like Cabernet yes. Sauvignon. Yes. Okay. Uh huh. And, and then very much, I do not like white wine at all. Yeah. And then for like a cocktail, I think that you you like rum mm-hmm. and Coke. Yeah, or, I love rum and Diet Coke. Rum and Diet um, Coke. And you also like gin. Yes, I do. Well done, you. I also, uh, yeah, so I like I like like gin based drinks, but rum based. I'm just thinking of like my go to cocktails are like a 
basically like a daiquiri, like a banana daiquiri, which is. Oh, really okay. I don't even know if I've ever had one of those. Hmm. Oh my God. My mother-in-law makes an amazing one at Christmas. So we always get completely drunk after like two of those on Christmas. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, so cute. Banana daiquiris at Christmas. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Or um, a white Russian. That's like my new... I like that at Christmas too because I'm I'm too old and have heartburn now. So I'm like anything that's milk based is great. Again, Um, I have not had that, but also if it's milk, I might struggle. Yeah, you struggle then. Maybe avoid that. Or uh, recently, before we got pregnant, I was really into. I do love prosecco. I do. I like prosecco. Not so much champagne, but prosecco is nice. Um, Or espresso martinis. I do love Ooh, Oh, I remember you telling yeah. me about those. And I was like, I haven't had that either. I need to oh, get on this. so good. Especially since you like coffee. I just think it's like such a yummy. I mean, mm-hmm. it does get you shit faced quite quickly. So you need to be like quite careful <laughs> with those. Um, yeah. yeah. But they're just, they're tasty. It's almost like a dessert cocktail, you know, but it's nice. Oh. It gives you a bit of energy boost, but it's also just so smooth. The smooth. Do you like Bloody Marys? No. No, you're not a Bloody Mary girl. I I really like them on, you know, at like brunch time. But Ugh. like you mentioned with um with heartburn, it's like I can have one and then <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, all right, I need to switch to water. <laughs> exactly. I can't. I just yeah, I've not ever been into Bloody Marys. Give Do me a like- mimosa. So you like mimosas, um, mimos, as they call them. Um, do, do you like beer? Uh, not there. There's a few that I like. So because I think both of our partners are really into beer. Yes. So they, yeah, Greg yeah. drinks beer. I mean, he's British too, so he drinks like all different kinds. Um, I like stout. Like he's he's had a few stouts that I'm like those are quite nice. It's like. I think it's a better taste. Like it's more of like a coffee richer Mm -hmm. taste, but like L's I'm not really a big fan of. I just, I'd rather have something else to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not great with carbonation in general. Um, But if I'm going to have a beer, I've learned that I like beers that have a low IBU. Don't ask me what IBU stands for because I don't (laughs) fucking know. But what I, what I know it means is that it doesn't taste hoppy. So, like, IPAs have that really strong, like, hoppy flavor. Whereas if you get something with a low IBU, like a lager or something like that, it tastes a lot smoother and is easier for me to drink. But I'm not, and I'm not a very fast drinker either. So that's why sometimes beer isn't very good. Because if when it gets warm, it's yucky. It's not nice. No, I agree. And I think also like beer just makes my TMI, my stomach. I'm so bloated when I have beer, I think from the oh, wheat party. Yeah. Like uh-huh. just, but that's interesting if you don't like um, the really carbonated beers. And I think you would have, well, I mean, you had them in, in London, but like UK beers are generally like not as carbonated. Like that was a big difference for me from like, for example, like German beers. And then when I'd come to the UK, it's like they're a lot less carbonated. It's like they're more yeah. flat tasting. Yeah, I remember I, uh, we went, you and Greg took us to that pub and, and Greg ordered me a cider and a a hard, yeah, a hard cider. And I remember that it was not 
very carbonated and it so it was much easier to drink because it wasn't so like bubbly in my in my, mm. in my guts and it, that was really good I could have had a lot of those <laughs> oh man cider gets me in so much trouble I love cider but I get so strong and my hangovers are gnarly with that is just yeah. getting older the hangovers it's like holy <laughs> shit like you'd think that I you'd think I stayed out till 4 a.m what's happening <laughs> it's too much can't deal with it Still with it. Well, those are um I I know there were more questions, so I'm sorry we couldn't get to all of them, but those were the ones I had screenshotted and we're we're over the hour limit. But um thank you all for sending those in and for being interested in what we have to say and supporting us. You guys are just the best, the best people ever. <laughs> Definitely. Just to echo what Katie said, thank you for sending in those questions and having questions and being interested in, in us outside of the, the podcast, which I feel like, yeah, so flattering, yeah, but so also sweet. like, it's so sweet. Um, and for always supporting us and yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll be back. Hopefully I can record one more time <laughs> before baby comes. Yeah. Not yeah. you guys are in for a sweet treat with some amazing guest co-hosts in the upcoming weeks. So oh yeah, so either way, there'll be something for you next week. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I will keep you guys posted. But thank you for being patient. If I'm not on the next episode or for the next few ones, I will be snuggling with my new oh. baby boy and oh. on a little a little maternity leave from the podcast. So sweet. So sweet. We can't wait. (laughs) All right, listeners. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.